Ready? Yep. Let's ride. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to yet another Rookie on the Rise. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your host, Britt Sanders, and I cannot wait to continue the train to keep rolling. We are going to be talking about rookie projections based on rookies based on their projections we're going to dive into the afc west with my main man billy you can find him on twitter at steaman beeman just how it sounds you can find his podcast at dynasty underdogs any given pod and his work on the dynasty factory billy how the heck you doing today man I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about some rookies. I mean, always, always fun. And everybody's in the hype season right now. So it's a uh, perfect timing. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. This quite literally manifested itself in about 30 minutes. And that's just sort of my favorite type of pot. It's like my fourth <laughs> pot. I've done that. It's just it works so well. So before hey, we man, get on in. The fly. Yeah, it's just it's on the fly. I love it. Before we dive into it, uh, it's important to ask the question of the show because it kind of gives the audience a little bit of a background into who you are as a human being beyond just being a fantastic analyst. So what is the most wild shit you've ever seen in Florida? Oh man, that's hard. I I mean, I've seen people driving the wrong way on the highway, uh, like just the the most insane stuff. But I, I spend, I spend a lot of my time out in the Everglades, do a lot of fishing and a lot of camping, all that stuff growing up, like my whole life. And my uncle actually lived out there for a while in the glades. <laughs> and I saw him wrestling a gator, number one, which was probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and and obviously not losing. <laughs> but uh, I also, it's funny because he moved out to, to Mississippi in like the sticks and the craziest shit I ever seen probably out there is him shooting a deer out of his house, outside of his house. Because he owns like 60 acres of land out there and it's it, just in the middle of nowhere. So it's like you can hunt from your house. It's it's insane man but yeah that that's florida born florida raised you know so like if one wants to wrestle a gator (laughs) why that's a good question i mean i think it has to do something with like exerting your like dominance manhood over nature you know what i mean like like taking control but uh (laughs) yeah i've been chased by i've been chased by water moccasins out there i've it's 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 a it's a wild place there's probably stuff i'm not even thinking of that i've seen oh my dad as as a kid he used to be crazy he would pick up any snake we came by he'd just pick it up by the tail and i've seen like them like go wild on him dude yeah yeah jesus that is a different breed i'm (laughs) telling you man i'm about that life that is phenomenal thank you because i feel like when it comes to when it comes to Florida, there's never any short shortening of the story, right? No. So before we dive into our projections, it's going to be a quick one because the AFC West apparently hates rookies. It's quite funny. Quite they had they drafted like four skill position players in the first seven rounds. It's hilarious. So I want to talk about some camp news. So I'll, I'll lay them out, break down what it is, and then you let me know how to feel about it. All right. So the first mm-hmm. one is that Trey Lance dropped an 80-yard touchdown pass incredibly right on a dime the Trent Sure field it was a play action bootleg to the left rolled over set his feet through cross field hit him in stride almost second one Kadarius Tony did not suit up for the preseason game week one and decided to stay in and not come out with the team the third one is Ramondre Stevenson had a 91 yard touchdown and finished his stat line with 10 carries for I believe 97 yards how am I supposed to feel about this Billy 
Can we check that? Is it 97 or 107? My Let me Lord, double that, check. That is absolutely ridiculous. If I mean, it is so appropriate for the kind of player Madre Stevenson is, right? <laughs> it's like two yards in a in a cloud of dust and then a 97-yard touchdown. But you know what? I did like, him dirty. It's 127. Okay. But still, I mean, that's not great. <laughs> let's 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 be honest. Uh let's start with the first one though that that you brought up. Trey Lance, bootleg play action pass was great he looked awesome on it uh you know the pass was perfect no doubt about it but if you watch you know the rest of the game there he had he had a couple of sacks that he probably didn't need to take I mean the defense is good no doubt about it but you know he looked a little he looked a little shook behind the line there so he has some work to do but it's encouraging seeing that so it's fun but you know you can't get you can't run away with the hype too much and uh you mentioned Kadarius Tony. So I didn't, I, I guess I didn't catch the fact that he decided to stay in and not dress or whatever, but I read from Joe judge that he's been dealing with some injury and that's kind of what sparked him not dressing and all that. So that's not good. I mean, we talked about it on dynasty underdog, any of these rookies who aren't going to play or are going to miss time for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter why. And we can, you know, you can get into the reasons why maybe later on and see, you know, can they pan out, but it's not, it's not a good sign for them. And if they don't produce year one and they aren't there, um, you know, it can spell trouble. Absolutely. It is, it, it is important for me to mention though, for Ramondre Stevenson, he did average four yards a carry. If you take out that huge run and he did get two touchdowns, which is me his bread and butter in the Patriots organization. All right. Awesome. So now that we've kind of wet our palates talking about some rookie hype, that's a bunch of nonsense. Let's dive in to projections, which as a disclaimer, folks, absolute nonsense but really fun to talk about and important to kind of get a feel for where the snap shares lie and how we think they're going to do with the rushing market with the rushing share their passing share just gives us a really good old rough holistic view of how we view that person obviously this is a gospel because that would make fantasy football incredibly boring the first player i want us to talk about is larry roundtree larry roundtree is a fifth round draft pick out of missouri Day three, late Sounds day right. three. Yeah, he is a Joshua Kelly clone that lacks the explosiveness, but also maybe a better runner. Not super sure. He's one of those guys where you kind of want to dive into and stash under taxi and see what happens because that second running back role for the Chargers is very ambiguous. So right now they have him down for 36.8 rushes, 154.7 yards, 1.4 touchdowns. A whopping 4.6 receptions for 34.9 yards, two tenths of a touchdown, two tenths of a fumble, and 32 fantasy points. How does that projection feel for you? I mean, <laughs> not great. I mean, it feels like it feels like probably what what it'll you know what it'll be. It, he has a he has a tough hill to climb. He's I think the fourth on the depth chart there, behind like one one you mentioned was Joshua Kelly. Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, obviously. So you're, you're banking on an injury for him to get the opportunity you need to, to really exceed these expectations. I mean, he could probably exceed them anyway. These are pretty low expectations, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is what we see from him. If you had to go over under, which ones would you go over mm -hmm. under on? Uh, I'd probably go over on like rushing touchdowns, 1.4. It's not it's not that hard for a running back to get two touchdowns, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I can see him getting two or three. 
Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think rushing attempts, I could go over on as well. Uh, it, it's risky sure. because you're banking that he somehow sees the field, but if he doesn't, then 36.8 attempts is only two carries a game, pretty much. So all he really needs to slip into is two games of relevant touch, and he's going to super. He's going to exceed that pretty mm-hmm. easily. But yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Barry Roundtree isn't a guy we really want to talk a lot about because, like, the likelihood that he's going to be what Melvin Gordon was is very low. And I think the Chargers are just trying to find their best bet to make it as a serviceable as a player as possible because they recognize they're not going to catch lightning in the bottle twice. Absolutely. And they don't have that much behind Eckler. Like, you know, and Eckler could get injured. We've already seen it. You know, not that he's injury prone, but as a running back, a small guy taking a lot of hits. So yeah, it, it happens, right? If Eckler does get injured out of the three, uh, assuming they don't pick anyone, Roundtree, Kelly, or Jackson, who are you going to play your, the highest fab bid on? Uh, probably Joshua Kelly. Uh, I've seen we've seen Justin Jackson there long enough to know. I think now that he's not going to be like their lead guy. Joshua Kelly had a couple of you know um, had showed, showed a little spark last year early on. Then he kind of faded. I, I don't really know much about Larry Roundtree, and I I, I just don't. You know, I think that they're going to go with a guy that they know a little bit more about. So I'd probably go with Joshua Kelly for this year. I agree. I think Joshua Kelly was a little over his head last year. So if he's able to clean it up, we saw some flashes that were really impressive. Larry Roundtree is a expert goal line back, right? Mm, mm-hmm. uh, so if we're going to talk about a vulture on the team, I would put my money on Larry, which is why the rushing touchdown over, I think is really solid bet as well. Yep. All right, we're going to go on to another slightly more interesting, but still very questionable draft pick. Josh Palmer drafted in the second round by the Los Angeles Chargers. I so when funny story when they said Josh Palmer to the Chargers Tennessee I was like who the fuck is Josh Palmer like what <laughs> is this I was I I, I recognize the name it sounded familiar but I'm like I, I didn't think I needed to spend any meaningful time because the likelihood of getting him getting day two draft capital was in my opinion nil but here he is getting day two draft capital and somehow almost finding his way immediately onto the field with the number three role for the chargers, which is sort of exciting. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I think the only thing that I like about Josh Palmer is that he was a second round pick, right? It's nice that he, that he landed on uh, the chargers as well with, you know, clearly a team that wants to be pass heavy. I'm looking at the depth chart right now on our lads and obviously it's early on. So things can change, but you know, they have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jalen Guyton, Tyrone Johnson, KJ Hill in front of Josh Palmer. So he could end up as the third guy on that team easily, especially with that capital, like you said, but this, this is a guy who had like no college production, uh, what 33 catches, 34 catches the last two seasons with 450 yards, not really many touchdowns. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to see exactly what they really liked about him. He never crested 500 yards in college, which not good. is hilarious. Uh, it's important with context to recognize that Tennessee's team was a absolute dumpster fire and has been a dumpster <laughs> fire. And you can see that by all the college transfers and everyone leaving Tennessee this year, everyone's like, no, I'm good. I, I am not hitching my wagon, my horse to this wagon. Uh, but there are, have been some positive reports from Josh Palmer out of camp. He sounds like he's got sticky hands. It sounds like he's doing the right thing, but again, like it's a couple camp reports, right? It's not like Elijah Moore hype. 
it's not like Rashad Bateman hype prior to the injury, or um, it's not like uh, Tre- Trevor Lawrence hype, where it's just consistent and always humming from everyone different else. So right now they have him projected with 28.9 receptions, 396 yards, 2.4 touchdowns, six tenths of a fumble for 82.2 points. Oh, excuse me. He also has seven tenths of, a, of an attempt for four yards. Which is one hell of an interesting line, quite frankly. Very meaningful. How how Very that meaningful. fell into the projections. <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna have to ask him and talk to HR about that. It's questionable <laughs> at best. Is there anything that pops out that you would that you would immediately take the over or under on? I mean, the first thing that pops out to me is like the the 400 yards. Essentially, they're giving him on the 28 catches. That's like 14 yards a catch or so. I, I mean, that seems kind of that seems a lot for a rookie, right? And seems a guy a who who I know you said that he, he could be the third uh, receiver on the team, but I think he has, uh, you know, a few people to a few obstacles in his way before he, he has named the third receiver. So that seems like a lot of yards to me. I can see 28 catches over the season for sure. Uh, two touchdowns, two and a half touchdowns, whatever. I mean, I, I'd probably take the under on the, re- on the receiving yards though. 13.72 yards a catch. That's like alpha numbers right there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how you project him for that, uh, I, especially I, with the college numbers. Like, where did it come from? I don't think he's a burner either. I don't. I'm a. I'm a look up his profile, but I. I don't think he was running anything fast at his size. He's got. He's got good size, and he's six one two ten. He ran a I mean, four five they're, seven. And they're using so like. They're using his college yards for catch essentially, which is kind of crazy to use in uh, yeah, in projections for the NFL as a as a third fourth string receiver. Yeah, I. I really don't like using fantasy pros anything because they just really are util- like using every single analyst for their own gain without them getting anything but like some notoriety, which I think is a bunch of bullshit because the amount of money they're coming in, they can at least pay their rankers and people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sa- it- sadly, they're, they're like what everybody's using. So it, it is good to at least use these numbers and go over them yeah. because 90% of people are probably reviewing yeah. these like we are. Yeah, exactly. It's it's important. All right, so I'm going to go Man, that touchdown seems really high. Like two and a half. I, I know it's two and a half, but like <laughs> like oh my god, two and a half touchdowns is so high, but it's Mike Williams, it's Donald Parham, it's Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen that ends out. I, I honestly don't think Josh Palmer sees two touchdowns. Jared Cook. Jared oh, Cook is right. well. Jared Cook too, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm going under on the touchdowns. I'm going way under on yards. Uh, and I'm going to go say, fuck it. I'm going to go over on the rush attempts and rushing yards because, damn it, you deserve a carry for five <laughs> yards, Josh. You deserve that. You know, that makes sense. I, I, I like that. <laughs> I, I believe in you, man. I'm just going to be calling for end rounds every single game when Palmer's in the game. Do it! We're going to review end of season. When he has two carries for 10 yards, you're going to be like, I told you. I told no, you so. What's going to happen is it'll be like a carry that he fumbles and someone <laughs> and someone picks up and runs for six yards. I'm just going to decease. It's going to absolutely decease. It'll be like, for like negative for like three yards. Like, motherfucker. That's what it'll be. A carry for three yards. I'll trip open field and fall down. And some little lineman will, lineman aren't little, but some lineman will tag him and be like, you're it. That's it. <laughs> Break my heart. All right. The one player I'm quite excited about, as should be everybody's, Javonta Williams. Denver mm-hmm. traded up to draft him uh, early in the season, depending on who you were listening to, hopefully me. People were saying Javante Williams is going to get running back one uh, work the very first week of the season based off a beat reporter that says because Denver traded up, he's clearly better and going to be played over Melvin Gordon. 
as you can see when camp started and everyone remembered that Melvin Gordon isn't a sack of potatoes, they walked that back rather quickly. Jermont okay. Williams is going to be very fun to watch, though, man. I cannot wait for that one-two punch. It is like a inverse Austin Eckler, Elvin Gordon, right? Because I'd say at this point, Melvin Gordon is more like Austin Eckler, and Javante Williams is more like Melvin Gordon. I wasn't able to watch his how he played yesterday. It's too bad. I heard he looked okay. He was running. He was bouncing off carries. He was doing everything he did at North Carolina. Uh, yep. How did you feel about Javante Williams prior to draft? <laughs> Uh, I, I thought he was one of the better backs for sure. I think he was in my top three or four. Uh, there, there wasn't really, I mean, after the, after the top two, Najee and Travis Etienne, it was kind of, you know, a, a steep downhill slope there. But I, obviously I saw what everybody else saw, that, that he has the profile of a lead back. I just wasn't sure that he is what everybody, you know, is hoping he is. Just he, he you know, he split the carries with Michael Carter um, in North Carolina and they both were very productive. Right. So I'm not sure if it was just his talent is the reason why he was so productive there, or if it was just a very good scheme, uh, and very good running game. Now he's in a very good situation where he's, he's, they obviously want him to take over the lead role. So, you know, post draft, it obviously made me like him a little bit more, you know, a team that really wanted him, they went ahead and got him. And, uh, and, you know, he's, he's in a situation where he doesn't really have to have super expectations year one because he has Melvin Gordon there. So it's kind of a good situation in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was JJ Zachary's, I don't know, but probably is if it's something analytically impressive. Uh, he's mentioned that when a team trades up to draft a running back, they often exceed their point projection by 30 PPR points or something like that. Okay. Just because like, it's just, it, it as with all things that don't require much nuance, but like, mm-hmm. hey, this just in, a team that really wants a player is going to use that player. You know what I'm saying? And Melvin, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, that pans out, Scott. Thank you for coming <laughs> in. Uh, it, it, Melvin Gordon has had injury troubles in the past. I think that was more of a scheme thing than him necessarily, which is a really weird to say, but some schemes just open you up to injury much more, i.e. the zone scheme. Look at san francisco just getting banked up uh it's a violent run it's a violent run scheme it is it really is so i think it's i think it's going to go well to him they have him currently set it out for 188 rush attempts through 835 yards 5.5 touchdowns 25.9 receptions for 202 yards 1.1 receiving touchdowns two fumbles for a whopping 165.3 fantasy points which averages out to being 9.7 fantasy points a game i'd be kind of thrilled to get 9.7 fantasy points a game from him rookie year quite honestly you're drafting him what top three in standard leagues and top eight you're getting like five to eight in your super flex leagues oh yeah sometimes sometimes later i got him later in in super flex leagues crazy Uh, it's not horrible return no, honestly, I think these are these numbers are a bit inflated. I'd be super excited if my rookie running back, who is not the lead back, was getting you know numbers like this. Uh, I think it, you know first thing that sticks out to me, I, as far as over unders, I think rushing attempts. I would give him he could definitely see a little bit more than 188, but I think the rushing yards that's they have him there at about four and a half yards a carry for a rookie. That's pretty generous. You know, I think I think I'd probably go under on the rushing yards a little bit 
and if not, I mean, you are absolutely thrilled with, with your investment here because that means he is going to be a stud if he's getting, you know, four to four and a half yards of carry on 200 attempts. And I could see, I could see 200 attempts, but I'd probably say like three and a half yards of carry to, you know, four in that range would be more reasonable. Yeah. The rushing touchdowns, I could see over five and a half, honestly. And then the receptions, I, I think, yeah, I think those numbers are probably okay. I, I don't really have too much to argue there. You know, he's going to be involved in the in the in the receiving game. I imagine they got rid of their receiving backs and everything. I they do have somebody left there. I forgot who. Well, Mike who Boone. Third. Mike Boone just got injured, so okay, it's, okay. it's literally just Javante and Melvin Gordon right now. Mike Boone. I was, th- I, I was thinking of Boone. Six weeks. Yeah, they. I was thinking of Boone. So I, I I think they went and got someone else from the from free agency the rookie undrafted free agent i not coming to mind right now though it it, it 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 made me a little interested remember that so they have him right now is eight yards pretty much a catch that seems a little steep to me yeah that's, um, <laughs> that's I, a good I, bit i didn't do the math on I, that in my head. i <laughs> i know well i got lucky because you were the one lucky enough to start talking um <laughs> he he, he was a good pass catcher at North Carolina. Actually, he was a really good pass catcher at mm-hmm. North Carolina. My issue is, is that like, that just seems like a lot in NFL standards. Four and a half is a lot. Uh, I, I think though that given that I'm going to guess he's probably going to get more than 11 carries averaged over the entire season, mm-hmm. right? Because what we're really looking at here is he's probably going to start out with 10 to 12 carries the first six to seven weeks, right? Absolutely. And then, and then eventually he's just going to need to pop one of those weeks. It always happens where Melvin Gordon gets banged up. Javante Williams gets the entire load for the rest of the game and does really well. Coach is like, well, clearly I need to readjust and realign. Javante is showing that he is capable and talented enough to get receiving more work. We're going to have to figure it out. And then it's going to come out with like a 14 touch game and he's going to do better. And then it's going to be like a 50, 50 split. They're probably going to be, both getting about 15, 16 carries a game by like week 16, which sucks for fantasy, but like <laughs> great for dynasty. Everyone's like, Absolutely. go get Javante Williams. Like, yeah, go get that 50% snap share guy. You, you do it in the fifth round, please. I want my T Higgins real bad. Thanks very much. Appreciate you playing hey, the game. It's always, uh, what is it? You, you uh, lose a trade now, you win in six months, right? Yeah, lose now, win later. That's how we do it. So I'm going to go over attempts. I'm going to stay rushing yards where they are. We go over rushing touchdowns. Going to go under receiving yards. And yeah. then I'm just going to go over receptions. That's like one and a half receptions a game. That seems silly low, especially with what he's able to do. I feel like yeah. that's fair. His that's fantasy, fair. I think... I mean, I don't know when you're, I really want to have a podcast on this later, so we don't have to talk much into it, but when you're drafting a running back as a rookie mm-hmm. from a PPR perspective, full PPR, what is an average that he can give you that you feel comfortable with? Like you draft in the first round, not high draft capital, like similar to Javante Williams, right? Mid to late first is like him giving you an average of 9.7 points a game. Like, is that something that you're like, Hey, I'm cool with this. Or is that kind of like, okay, like, that's fine, but I wanted more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, it's. I, I mean, it's contextual, I guess, right? Because I think in this situation where you can see that he, they want him to be the lead back, it, it you know, it makes sense. You're like, yeah, this is exciting. That nine point nine is probably more like fifteen or something like that next year, 
or, you know, it could be more. So I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that kind of deal in, in an investment where it was like later first round where I wasn't sure, especially me, a guy who wasn't super excited about him pre-draft anyway. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, otherwise, you know, a guy who falls into, into 9.9 points on average per game, it, it could have been for a number of reasons. And, and he wasn't really a lead back. It was just, you know, popped a few games late in the season. It's all contextual, I think. So. Yeah, I mean, 9.9, 10 to 10, 9.5 to 10, like that's that's sort of flex-worthy numbers, you know? You could, you definitely, if, if he was averaging that, you'd be happy with him on a number of weeks for sure. You'd, you'd be disappointed here and there, but I think you have to know that going in with any rookie that you you shouldn't be able to rely on them. That's not, that's not what, I mean, we've been blessed with Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown and these kind of guys. Yeah. I agree. We, these last two or three years, we've been very lucky to the point where we forget that most of these wide receivers take three years to really pop. I thought it was what, 2018? It's like, hey, man, draft your wide receivers, set them down, forget them. They're going to do shit until the three years later when they're finally good. And now it's like, hey, man, my rookie didn't do anything. Um, Mr. Rager, you failed. Uh, I'm going to sell you because clearly you're a bust now. That's what this is. Thanks. Yeah, drive me nuts, man. It's funny. I just had a quick conversation about long-term versus short-term and dynasty on dynasty underdog, because I realized I was like, it's getting to the point where it's almost like the same year. Like you are, there's no long-term vision really. It's, it's more about everything is win now and churn your team over quickly. If, if you don't like it or don't see it. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think we've gotten a little impatient because of the, the Uber production we've seen early on with some of these rookies over the last couple of years when dynasty has blown up and everybody's come into yeah. the community yep it's a bunch of people taking the redraft of ideologies into dynasty which I, you guys really should go listen to those dynasty underdog podcasts they are really fun to be a part of and even more fun to listen to billy thank you so much for being on here this was a blast i'm glad we could get through these three stellar athletes and players i can't wait to bring you on in the future go ahead plug your stuff let the people know where you can find you and we'll get you out of here Absolutely. You can find me at Willie Beeman DFF on Twitter. Uh, like he's been at, like Britt's been saying, you can find our podcast at dynasty underdog. Um, all my work is at dynasty football factory. We also have a podcast that's more just like football focus. It's any given pod. So connect with me, come DM me on Twitter. They're open to anybody. So yeah, man. And Britt, we got to have you back on dynasty underdog. Talk some, you know, rookies, talk some Debbie, talk, whatever, man, all that good stuff. I'm always open and I'm always willing. It's always fun to come on as a guest because it means you have no responsibilities, <laughs> but to have fun. Yeah. Awesome. Grab a uh, beer, grab a drink and just party. Absolutely. Let it ride. <laughs> absolutely. Everyone, you know, where you can find me it's on Twitter at BFF Sandman. You can find my Debbie writings at breakoutfinder.com. You can find my redraft writings and dynasty at fffair.com. I've had two recent articles on Chris Carson and Mike Evans. I feel like you'd be interested in because it is, the way I write these, it's a chaos series. I just, I let you come to your own conclusion, but I'm giving you the necessary facts. And there's a little bias because obviously I have my own opinions, but I do my best to give these facts unadulterated and completely raw to give you the opportunity to look at them. Because ultimately what we want you, what I want you to do is to make me useless and be able to come up with your own information and to trust your own process eventually. That's the goal for me. Uh, you can find me on youtube at debbie deep dive talking about a numerous amount of debbie rookies we are pu pushing out a ton of videos thank you very much for coming on i appreciate your time it is valuable and it means a lot that you spend it with us have a beautiful day say hello to your loved ones telling me love them and that's a podcast peace later <laughs>